nerd night welcome back to another episode as always i'm your co-host jada here with my lovely host cole say hi cole hello beautiful as (laughs) always and today we're in for a little bit of a treat i don't think we've talked about uh this topic on the podcast yet no we've like We've kept it very, I guess, like traditional nerd centric of like animation. Mm-hmm. The closest thing to this would be when you talked about that weird ass movie um, that you liked in episode three. Legend. Yeah, this would be the closest <laughs> yeah, to that. Kind of. <laughs> this is our first, I guess, head first dive into Mm -hmm. the world of horror which is so weird because I think me and you are both really big horror fans and speaking for myself I'm a big classic horror fan Mm -hmm. something about like a 1980 horror movie while obviously it doesn't stand up in terms of like realism to what comes out now Mm -hmm. it's just so good it is good um especially because like most horror movies follow the cookie cutter routine of you got like well 80s horror movies follow like you got a group of kids they're stuck somewhere and you got a slasher and you gotta go and it's Mm -hmm. really funny i think most uh movies nowadays really try to branch off of that which is fine you know we've gotten some really cool like new horror films that i love and they don't follow the same thing but man going back especially like like those were the first horror movies you saw it was it's nice you know it's nostalgic and i think that so in these 80s 90s horror movies but i'm gonna mostly give the credit to the 80s they set the precedent of what a lot of horror tropes are. And we're gonna see with what we talk about that they're extremely tropey and they have a lot of the now seen as obvious things. But at the time, this was the development of these and was like creating the mold for future horror movies going forward. Right, Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's definitely like, like we discussed the big three on the podcast mm-hmm. in anime with Jessica. With Jessica, um, but there's 100% a big three in the horror community as well. Yes, definitely, and I think we can all agree it is Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street. Boom, Easy. and coincidentally, we're gonna be grabbing from one of those big three today. Yeah, that's how we're starting. We're going to be talking about Friday the 13th. One, two, and three. <laughs> Listen, guys, we're only talking about one, two, and three. There are 13 mm-hmm. movies in this franchise, <laughs> and we're not going through all of them. And, like, they... So when I... We're splitting this up where Jada is talking about the first two, and I'm doing the third because we have a big project coming up for you guys. Uh, We're going to announce it closer to the end of this month. So be on the lookout for that. But 
I've been putting my whole heart, butt, feet, and mind into it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you can do two, I'll do one. And she was like, yeah, no, I agree. So, and those three are really good. And the third one is really low rated. And it was in like 3D and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So they really like go downhill, but they're still classics. They're still good. They still have an occult following. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. Let's go. Okay, Jada. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, number one. You know, it's 1980. Yep. What's going on? Listen, um, horror movies were pretty much a rise right now. And uh, this guy, <laughs> Sean S. Cunningham, decided to direct this movie. And I got to tell you, the back the behind the scenes of this movie that I've learned while getting into this is insane and it's Mm kind of reminded me how like Friday the 13th it has a spot in my heart but it's like the bottom shelf you know (laughs) like it's in my heart because it is a classic it was actually Mm -hmm. one of the first horror films that I watched like with my dad and got me into like loving slashers but man when you look back at something that you saw as a kid and you were like, OMG. It's never as good. It's never as good. I mean, there's some things that are just like, oh my God, yes. But like other things are like, oh my God, no. <laughs> I think as well, it's in the modern age, we have mm-hmm. so much great technology and, you know, there's movies like Avatar out there where so much of it is cgi but done so well and there's right horror movies where they can like really make accurate scenes of like death and all of these things happening mm-hmm. and people being brutally killed which trigger warning death brutal killings all of that for everybody it, it's horror guys come on yeah you know what's going on also trigger warning for sex there's obviously sex in these movies so all heads my up cri- for you guys my christian nerds leave the chat all exactly. right exactly um but seeing the behind the scenes of like these people had to make a whole ass animatronic just mm-hmm. so that they could get this one scene of someone getting stabbed and it shows on the screen for like two seconds goes away. But they made a whole animatronic for it. And like really nowadays there's like, I'll just pop that into a computer, go boop, boop, boop. Okay, it's ready to go. So it was really, I guess, heartwarming to see like these people like were trying, putting in effort. They're like, we got to try new things. We got to make it as good as possible. Whereas now it's easier to make something that's good. Yeah, I honestly agree. Like one thing I love about old horror movies is the imagination and the invention that people went through in order to get the scene just right. I mean, if you think about most like big scenes, some of them, they just wing it and others come out perfectly planned. And I think that happens a lot in these old horror movies. Um, In Friday the 13th case, especially in part two, a lot of things, a lot of things happen. A lot of things happen. And um, 
you know, let's just get <laughs> let's just get right into it. So mm-hmm. first first movie. You open up first scene, uh, you're at a camp. Just picture in your average camp. I went to camp differently. I'm sure Cole has PTSD of camping. He was, I a, was a boy, boy scout. scout. A boy <laughs> scout. So this camping that I'm about to describe, right there with Cole. Me, mm-hmm. never done it, probably never will. Anyway. So, I mean, there were people on their knees. I mean... Just like at your they camp, were singing, Jada. They were singing Christian hymns, so I kind of understood, but we weren't by a lake. <laughs> you guys weren't fucking in the pool house? I, no, no. Well, they could have been, and you just didn't know. Yeah, that's probably it. But um, you got these kids uh, around the fire in a cabin. They're singing Christmas. Uh, Christmas. Uh, could have been Christmas, but Christian <laughs> hymns. And then you got these two counselors. They're eyeing each other. They're like, ooh, I love how you're singing the gospel, you know, <laughs> real hot. And then after the song, they just go, you know, into the storage closet. To fuck. And they're like, dang. I will like those Christian hymns really got me. Let's go, babe. And they start mm-hmm. doing the tingo tango. They said, the you know what tango. I love? Jesus. <laughs> you know what I love more? Dick. And that was it. Um, but then someone interrupts their tangoing and murders these two counselors but we don't know who the killer is yet so we're like these two kid counselors just got murdered oh snap there's a murder (laughs) so that all that all happened um 20 years later the camp that the kids were murdered at was called camp crystal lake and it uh resided on what was called the crystal lake which we will soon find out a lot of things are on that lake which Mm -hmm. hence why we have a bunch of movies made because all they do is just move at different areas of the lake a new house a new house a new house (laughs) it's like cabin house home getaway cabin Mm -hmm. house and they're just like everything is on this lake jason just walking around the perimeter of this lake of the lake and just killing and i'm Uh like dang uh yeah so 20 years pass the camp is now reopened and a bunch of like a small group of teenagers get hired to become the new counselors um these teenagers are real interesting in (sighs) In the sense that they are literally the most average, like cut and dry, paste, copy teenagers you could ever find in your life. And I have no sympathy for them. Uh. (laughs) Literally, when they all died, I'm like, I don't care about you. Who's killing you, though? That's the only reason why I kept watching. Mm -hmm. So um, just just a lineup of the kids. You got um, Alice, who is uh, a young artist. You got Bill, who is technically a love interest for Alex. That's it, really, for him. Um, you got Marcy, uh, who it has her boyfriend, Jack, is also there. They're dating. He's the pretty boy. Marcy's the pretty girl. They're just dating each other because they're pretty. Um <laughs> You got Brenda, who is the mom of the group, you know, real independent young lady. Honestly, uh, of course, someone named Brenda is Brenda, the mom of the group. Mom, 
Like, yeah. hi, I'm Brenda. Brenda, like straight A's. I brought everyone snacks. Please make sure you wash your hands kind of friend. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Ned, who is the comic relief. He's just funny, plays jokes. Not funny jokes, actually. He's quite annoying. Um, then you got Annie, and then you have Steve, who is the camp owner. So we first get introduced to Annie, who came a little bit late than her friends. Um, she's going around the town trying to ask if anyone can drop her off to the cabin. Um, and we get introduced to uh, Crazy Ralph, who uh, a very funny guy. Um, he's just like, the he's the town crazy guy. He's just like, you're doomed. Don't go up to the Crystal Lake. You're doomed. And we're all like... <laughs> okay Ralph what does that mean and and he won't say anything because he's crazy so that was our (laughs) first warning of like don't don't go but of course she hitches a ride with someone uh the first guy she hitches a ride with is fine the second person she hitches a ride with we don't see the camera is angled only to her so we don't see who the person is and then they they drive past the camp and she's like um wasn't that the turn? He- Hello? I, that was the, huh? And my girl uh, opens the door, tuck and roll out of the car. Awesome. Running through the forest now. Not awesome. Person in the car running through the forest after her and then dead. Annie <laughs> is our first kill after the 20 year jump with a throat slit and um classic she never made it she never made it to the cabin she she it sucks she doesn't even go here she does she's like she never made it and you know but no one knows about that and no one cares because while you know she's getting her throat stabbed everyone is cleaning up refurbishing the cabins all that stuff fucking um fucking that's another thing um, and before they can do any more, rainstorm happens. And what happens with a rainstorm? Fire, um, lights go out, you know, everyone is just inside, indoors. No one can really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Great. And one by one, our poor little teenagers are um, getting dead. <laughs> And I love (laughs) when I get me a slice of that spicy dead. Don't you love it when when your teenagers get dead? Right. Okay. so here's what happens. So the storm happens. Right. And Steve, the owner of the cabins, he has to go and restock some supplies. So then Ned, remember the comic relief, but that's not really funny, sees someone walking into a cabin and instead of saying, guys, who is that? He goes to follow that person. Like he doesn't say anything. Like he literally just sees them and he's like, hmm, do 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 do. And that's it. Okay. This is one of those moments where, you know, 
everyone can relate to this. Right. You see and hang out with your friends so much that you adopt their mannerisms. Yep. Jada right there saying, do, 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 do. That's something I do. That all is. All the time. <laughs> like, when I'm, like, need a filler, or I'm like, oh, you're just walking around, boo, 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 boo. <laughs> So hearing you say that, I'm just like, I have done it. I have hacked into the mind palace. Yeah, he, he we hang out too much. It's it's a little also a uh we both say beautiful. Like yeah. as a filler for th- I got it from my older sister. Like I do it at work, so people will be like, Oh, duh, thank you so much. Da 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 da. I'd be like, okay, just do this. And I'm like, okay, I'm like beautiful, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially because we used to work together. And so when he's like leaving a, a client, he's like, is there anything else? And they're like, no. He's like, beautiful. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Just beautiful. Randomly, Love. I just started being like, beautiful. And when I first started doing it, I'm like, oh, no. Uh huh. That's how you know the friendship is real. It's so bad. But anyway, yeah, that's what Ned does. Uh, little animated do to do to do to his death and we don't see him again <laughs> um but actually we do see him again because jack and marcy get a little because they're all like alone and stuff so they start doing the tingo tango again as a uh, jada translation tingo tango means they are having sex yeah the tingo tango the, the devil's waltz don't do it, kids. <laughs> do it if you want to and are of age and use protection. Yeah, do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're in a cabin, they're in bunk beds, and the Hot. camera uh the camera shows Ned's dead body on top of the bunk bed while they're underneath it <gasps> doing the tango. Oh and I'm like, God. that like, do you guys not look around while you're nope. <laughs> Like, especially because you're getting naked. Like, I, I got to, like, scan the area. No hidden cameras. <laughs> yeah. Before I can undress myself. And both of you guys are doing this while someone's dead body is above you. Mm-hmm. Hello. In the heat of the moment, you know, you're just like, ooh, yeah, right here. Let's just, like, go at it. And if you take into account he probably hasn't been dead that long, his body probably doesn't smell or anything like that yet. No, yeah. Um, We do see how he was killed, which his throat, again, was slit. But, uh, yeah, there was no blood. There was blood, but there wasn't enough to, like, really start seeping from the mattress. It wasn't, like, cooling and, like, falling down. Yeah, so, like, like... while it makes sense, it doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah, especially, like, the weight of him. Like, I know he was a small kid, but I'm pretty sure the bed would have, like, had an indent of someone in there. But they were too busy with each other. So um, mm-hmm. after what you'll see as a common thing um, in these movies, after the Tingle Tingle's over, Marcy goes to use the bathroom, get herself all cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Jack is laying there like, I just busted. This was the best thing ever. And really she's feeling like, himself. I for sure didn't bust. And she's like, yeah, let me just go to the bathroom and clean up. We all know what she's doing. But uh-huh. he's just chilling on the bed. And then probably one of the coolest kills in this movie that i love personally jack gets stabbed with an arrow from beneath the bed Mm -hmm. and 
when I first watched the movie, I thought it was so like eerie. Like you literally like, you know, I don't want to say it weird, but it's kind of like you watch people die in horror movies, but there's only some cases where you literally watch them die. Like some actors can get it so good where you can like almost see the light fade from their eyes. And it was so crazy how like the stab went in and then blood gushed and his eye like twitched and his face was like in shock. And then he died. What we didn't know was that um, underneath the bed, someone was like pumping the blood so it could spurt, but it was too much. And so he didn't, he didn't like catch that the blood would be like so much in his face. And that was like a real reaction. And then he's like, oh wait, I have to die. And then he just dies. And I'm like, that was so good because it's the shock of death before Mm -hmm. it actually follows. And I thought it was so cool. It was also like one of the scariest things I saw as a kid because I'm like, is someone gonna come from behind my bed? Like underneath my bed? Forget monsters underneath your bed. Someone's there with an arrow about to stabby Uh stab. Well, and as well, like- so that person was there the whole time they the was fucking. What? During your most vulnerable state, they're just sitting there under the bed holding uh-huh. an arrow. Just like, waiting. Like, uh-huh, you guys are really getting at it. Imagine wow. if that kill was more of like a like a double kill, like a kebab. Like they just shove the arrow at the perfect moment and it goes through both of them. Oh my gosh. I want you to keep that in your head. Okay. They get kebobbed together. Wait for it. So um, Jack is dead. Marcy's dead. Ned is dead. Love it. Um, oh no, not Marcy yet. Marcy's about to be dead. Because right now she comes, um, it she comes into the bathroom, and she's like, you know, she's into the bathroom. She's like looking at stuff. She's about to take a shower. The killer, after uh, killing her man, goes into the bathroom with her, and she's, you know, that scene. She opens the curtain and she's like minding her own business, and you can see something from behind her. So then she turns around, and then you see this axe fly up and she's like no and then that was the sound of the axe hitting her face because she got axed to the face i feel like it would probably be more of like a crunch noise probably probably because it's hitting her skull yeah probably but um that was the sound i i chose uh so she got axed to her face now here's the count annie ned Jack, Marcy, dead. So all we have is Alice, Bill, and Brenda. Yep. Okay. So, uh, killer not done yet. Killer still chilling. So Brenda, being the <laughs> independent, smart mom friend of the group, she went to bed early. Got in her little <laughs> nightgown. Went to go read a book because she's responsible. This kind of sounds like me, but I don't want. She's doing know. her taxes. Yeah, you know, while everyone's doing the tango. Um, she hears a voice calling from outside. Now, remember, there's a storm. So it raining and, and darkness. And she hears someone calling and like saying, help, help me. And she's like, oh my God, who is that? And so she runs out, instead of grabbing someone, she runs out into the rain. 
outside an archery range, the lights turn on and then we just hear her scream. So she got killed at an archery range, uh, arrows. I don't know how many we don't really see, but she's dead. And it was probably like the dumbest kill. Like pretty quick. They were just like, okay, she's not going to be the final girl. So let's just like get her off. Right. And to, that was it. So then we got Steve who remember was the owner of the camp. The one that's trying to reopen it. He left to go get supplies. He came back. Right. And he's like, something's not right over here again we don't know who the killer is so the camera like now points to him and he's and he recognizes the killer and he's like hey what are you doing here fam i didn't think i was gonna see you and then he dies stabbed had no chance yeah so we got two more we got two more left we got alice and bill um Alice is a little worried about her friends. They uh they disappear and we don't know where they are. Um, so they go to investigate uh the cabin where everyone is. They find uh the axe that Brenda just got stabbed on her bed. Um, the phone is disconnected, and Ned, who had a truck from the comic relief, his truck is not working. So they got no power and no way to get out and it's at night in the pouring rain this is a recipe for disaster so bill goes to get the power back on and the generator and um alice kind of stays behind just chilling he doesn't come back for a while and so she goes to try to find him boom bill's dead his body is pinned to a door with arrows so the generator door his body's pinned on that with arrows and i'm like bro these off-camera kills are really getting to me Mm because i'm like where did you come from what how can't even can't even so then finally alice is losing it she runs out she's like oh my god all my friends are dead bill's dead i don't know what's going on she runs out into the, the rain and a car pulls up and she thinks it's Steve. But remember, Steve done. Woman comes out of a car. It's Mrs. Voorhees. We haven't seen her before. Usually we know someone because we would see them in the first part of the movie. We have not seen her before. She goes into the cabin with Alice trying to calm her down. And she's like, OMG. Look at all of these dead teenagers. Look at all those chickens. Look at all of them. What are we going to do? And Alice is like, what are we going to do? Like literally freaking out. And then Mrs. Voorhees starts going a little crazy. She's like, maybe if those teenagers wouldn't like do the tingle tango with each other, they wouldn't have died. Or they should have been watching the kids while they're outside. And Alice is like, there is no kids what is going on <laughs> and dun, 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 we found out eh? <laughs> we found <laughs> we find out that mrs Voorhees is the killer all along um and she has been 
for the last 20 years been trying to keep this camp closed down. She's been like poisoning the water, setting things on fire. And then Steve was like, I don't care about that. I'm gonna open this camp again. And so she uh, kills all the kids. And for why though? It's because her son, Jason, drowned um, while those two counselors from the beginning were doing the tingle tango. Yeah, they were supposed to be watching her son and he drowned, which in my defense isn't a bad reason to be killing, but like these kids did nothing to you. Okay. It's like, like the like the transitive property of like yes, I understand being mad at like the people genuinely responsible. But at some point, you gotta let it go. It's like Freddy, how he just ke- keeps killing generations of the Elm Street kids. And I'm like, these kids don't even know what happened or what's going on. Right. So, like, you're not achieving your goal anymore. And that's when it becomes, like, being a true just, like, monster. Is like, right. now you're just, like, hurting innocent people who had nothing to do with it. Obviously, it's bad to begin with. Like, she shouldn't have killed people. But it becomes worse with that. Because now she doesn't even have a reason for killing these people. Right. Like, it's just, you've killed the people in charge. You killed the ones that did not watch your son. They're dead. So what are these teenagers doing? Hmm? What are you doing with these other teenagers 20 years later? Like, that's insane. But we find out that she's just really insane mm-hmm. um so now alice knows who's been killing all her friends and she tries to get the heck out of there that's fine um she goes like 1v1 with miss Voorhees, and it's just like <laughs> this old lady and this young girl just bashing it out they roll in on the ground they throwing things at each other you know, Miss Voorhees goes through like four different weapons. The last one being the machete that Alice um, finally gets a hold of during like the last few minutes of their battle and freaking like decapitates her, like mm-hmm. head flown off. And Alice is like, oh my God, I did it. So Alice out of all these kids is our final girl. And if you're not aware what a final girl is or final guy it is just the character who survives the slasher they are the last person who was able to have a confrontation with the slasher and lived um and it's most typically female like it's typically the last girl she's Mm -hmm. usually one who she didn't participate in sex you don't see her naked she seems to be the smartest or have a like leadership air about her. And yeah. she's usually the one who escapes or she has like a really traumatic past. And that I guess yeah. like gears her up for this to happen. Right. So there's really just two versions of her. You got the smart version uh, the virgin or you got just like the badass like mm-hmm. I keep to myself I don't care about you guys because of my traumatic experience so either one they'll do the job 
they'll they won't kill them but you know they'll survive and that's all that matters um so if you if you're in a, a slasher horror film find her stick with her you'll be good um so finally alice uh gets on this little boat that floats out uh on crystal lake and she falls asleep wakes up the next morning police find her and she's like oh my gosh what was that and then uh we get a nice little jump scare with um jason's corpse basically leaping from the lake to grab her and then she wakes up in a hospital and she's like where is he and and police are like uh girl there is no like body in the lake we didn't find anything and she's like then he's still there and then you see the water ripple and then the movie ends Mm -hmm. so first friday the 13th movie i gotta say not strong but strong enough to be an iconic film honestly i think it it has the credentials behind it like it has a good resume it started an iconic series so why the movie itself might not be like the best in the world obviously it still gets a solid like eight out of ten just for being what it is and what it started and the impact it had i think at the time like if me and you were alive in the 80s and specifically in 80 when this movie came out we'd be like oh yeah that was good now that we can see it from an outside perspective it gets more points solely for just what it was able to do right definitely and um this movie like it didn't break any records i mean i think it's cool that jason wasn't his own killer until the second movie it was actually Mm -hmm. his mom which is really cool because you don't really see a lot of female killers um in early 80s movies it's always guys but if she's a female killer she got to be crazy she got to be a mom you know because that's how you get a woman to kill make her a mom but um I thought that was really cool not like groundbreaking but still a classic that we respect you know Mm -hmm. okay so uh second movie kind of going through the same thing um we do see alice again and it's actually we start with alex because when the movie starts we get some ominous jean wearing black boot stomping male trudging down the streets and um alice uh is recovering from trauma this takes place a couple months like after the whole killings so she's still you know definitely in it ptsd is real thing um she tries to like distract herself she's walking around her home um checking everything and then she goes to the kitchen to get herself a little snack opens the fridge what does she see not a snack she sees mrs Voorhees' head her severed head that she cut off two like three months later in her fridge and she's like oh my god then someone comes from behind her with an ice pick to the face 
Always and the freaking ice picks. Literally, our our last girl dead. She was the first girl in this film, and it sucks. What a so downgrade. Then, I know, right? Like you just survived all this, and then boom. But actually, I found out that her actor, um, I forget her actor's name, but she knew she was gonna be coming back in the film. She did not know how short her appearance was. And there's a space that just drags in the first part of the film. It's her like walking around her house and talking on the phone. All of that, she didn't have a script. That was all like off the dome and it was mm-hmm. real boring, but that's all she got. And she <laughs> she had no idea. And I'm like, dang, that sucks. You got a, a boring first part of the movie and your character dies off. Dang. And that's the first of many just dang moments this movie did, like behind the scenes. It is literally crazy. But five years after that, we got a new camp counselor, uh, an owner of this new camp, uh, Paul. He, this camp isn't Camp Crystal Lake. It's another camp, like we said before, on Crystal Lake, not the same one. It's, it's a different Lake one. Crystal. Right. Reversed. Um, and he has opened up this camp to train camp counselors for future camps that will happen in this camp. It's a lot. Um, and although we have a group of kids that the story is, there are like a bunch of teenagers, but you know, they're not important. And we'll see very soon why. So just to introduce um, our characters, we got Terry, who is the hot girl. That's it. Um, We got Scott, who is the douche. Also just it. That's it. He got a crush on Terry. That's that's it. Um, We got Mark, who is actually a pretty sweet guy. Um, He's wheelchair bound, but he he's nice. Um, we got Sandra, who is thirsting over Mark. She's like, mm, boy, that wheelchair is doing something for me. Yes, yeah, so Sandra is not thirsting for Mark. Uh, Sandra is Jeff's girlfriend. They're dating. And she wants to fuck all the yes, time. Yes, all the time. But she is thirsty, but not for Mark. It's Vicky who is thirsty for Mark. Um, and she does some stupid things we'll get to. Um, and then, of course, Paul, the owner. And then we got Ginny, who is Paul's girlfriend, and she's a studious one. So, obviously, keep an eye on Ginny. But she's so, blonde. She is blonde. Um, so, you might is, think she would die quick. You might think so, because that's a thing. Um, so, five years later, Paul opened this thing. Uh, everyone's pretty much it's not like a thing with Annie where like we got some strayways. Everyone got it to the cabin. We're all at the cabin. We're all good. Um, that night, the first night, Paul gathers everyone together around the fire. They tell him the stories and he tells the story of Jason Voorhees. And he's like, it's just a legend though. You guys don't worry about it. It's just a legend. You know, mm-hmm. don't take it to heart. It's just a legend, uh, but you know, just to make it, It makes the whole point of it was to make the watcher be like, is he still alive or not? You know, Mm -hmm. but we can kind of see what's because you're still like, who's this new killer? 
Right. And that's basically what they were like hinting at by bringing his story back. Um, But yeah, Paul assures everyone that he's dead and Camp Crystal Lake is closed for good. No one's touching that again. Um, So as the next day, you know, everyone's kind of celebrating. They're all outside on the lake, chilling. Um, Jeff and Sandra go off by themselves. not to do anything, but you know, they will soon. And they find a um, trigger warning. They find a little doggy who has been dead. Um, and they want to investigate some more, but before they can, uh, we got a deputy that comes in and it's just like, hey guys, uh, get back to your camp. We don't like y'all in this area. Okay. We chilling over here and you guys are going to ruin it. And, and they're like, we're not doing anything, God. This and cop's so, like, I'm trying to not do my job. So if you could not do this. Yeah, like, please. And they're like, fine. So they go back to the cabin. Um, and then he he's about to leave. But then he sees someone trudging along the road. And he's like, hey, who are you, Suspirious? Suspirious? Wow. Suspirious. <laughs> suspicious looking man with a bag over your head who are you and this man takes off i have a comment about this fucking bag on his head oh yes please go ahead the fact that spoiler alert almost all of these people get fucking killed and the whole time this man has a bag on his head and only one eye hole cut out what the fuck going on he he killed everybody with have you ever tried to walk around your house with one eye open it messes with everything you start running into like stuff on your opposite side that you couldn't see it the fact that he did it all with one eye i'm like fake Fake. (laughs) like jason Voorhees, real but this not true not possible honestly it's like like Cole said, walking around the house, you get like an eyelash in your eye and you're like, ooh, let me go to the bathroom and see if I can get this out. You hit the door, you hit you the hit sink, the door, you hit the toilet. Like everything. And you're just rubbing one eye by keeping the other one open. Hello? This man is like killing people who are running and he's able to kill them off with one eye. Something ain't right. I also want to comment that for, because insight into how we do things here at nerd night we write ourselves like rough draft little scripts to go off of Mm -hmm. um and sometimes we like to leave you know like cute little quirky notes and stuff (laughs) for the characters because we're cute and quirky um and the note for vicky says good girl don't spray perfume on your vag girl Oh my god. I will get to that. But it also just says V-A-G, so it's just vag. Vagged. Vag. (laughs) We'll get to that. It's really annoying, and it hurts me physically, emotionally. Don't do it, ladies. You'll get a yeast infection. Please don't do it. You'll mess with the pH. Please don't do it. Oh my goodness. Um, Okay, yeah, so he sees this suspicious person running down the road with a bag over their head. Deputy follows. He's in hot pursuit. He does this little, he's a he's a, a heavier guy, so he runs. And the scene is so funny because I don't know why they kept this in, but he runs, he stops, 
smooths his hair back and then keeps going. <laughs> and I'm like, why was that necessary? Go. What <laughs> if this person with the bag on their head is a hot lady? It is it is unnecessary and it is so funny because he's like prancing through this forest. Not so, prancing. <laughs> prancing, flips hair and then goes back. And I'm Me. like, this is this is ridiculous. But when my gets, hair is down, I do shit like that. He prances and then flips and then keeps going. Mm-hmm. And as a gay person, all I can do is prance. I don't know how to run, sprint, or jog. I walk or I prance. That's how you get from point A to B, and it works. Uh-huh. It's very effective. Um, but he g- gets to this uh, little shed, this man-built shed that looks like it's one blow away from just tearing down it's like and recycled pieces of like metal and wood mm-hmm. just like plastered together like just duct taped together it's just mm-hmm. it's really weird but he goes in he's investigating looking investigating and then you get the killer again coming behind him and he takes the back end of a hammer stabs it right through his brain and that scene of this guy with his face and his teeth showing and he's like ah! and it's just like ew like it was an ugly death like you're an ugly man i'm sorry <laughs> it was not a nice death but deputy's dead we get terry who dies next and honestly it's not her fault okay it is really not her fault so I don't think any of their I, deaths are their own faults, Jada. I mean, sometimes it is. Remember, Ned, he was just like, who is this suspicious person? I'm going to go walk in this cabin alone with them. Like, come yeah. on. Come on, Ned. You so could have been a little smarter. Yeah. So um, the whole, all the teenagers, the whole camp is having dinner. And Paul's like, hey, guys, um, let's go get some drinks. And so he takes literally all of the teenagers except the main cast and his girlfriend and they go bye Gone. so now you now you and this is who cast. this is paul this is paul and his girlfriend jenny they all go or jenny they all go to a bar with literally the rest of the teenagers there everyone except uh, for vicky jeff sandra mark scott and terry Right. The ones that uh, we've named, they stay behind. The other ones are gone. And it's like a group of 50 kids. So these are the only ones left just to guard everything. So they go and now by themselves, um, Vicky goes to do some late night skinny dipping. Which a woman would never do. But, you know, especially in a lake, in a lake, it's freezing and it's dark. It's nighttime. They just that have water's dinner. dirty. It's dirty, dark and cold. You're going to get literally this? trench foot on your hoo-ha. Like skinny dipping. Ugh. But <laughs> she goes in and then she comes out and she's like, where are my clothes? And here's freaking Scott waving her shirt around being like i got your clothes literally his death could not come any sooner while he's walking and not paying attention he there's a rope trap and it gets him by the feet and hangs him upside down and i'm like praise 
And so she gets her clothes and she's like, oh, give me a sec. I'll help you out. And so she goes back to the cabin to get a knife to cut him down. But while he's there, just hanging. But you hear the. Yep. And the killer comes again and slices his throat with the dull end of the machete. The dull? The dull end. Dang. What? And this happens a lot. Like you see it literally again. Like just behind and it's it's just but only because it was a real machete. They use real like real weapons in this franchise. So but come on guys. It's anyway. So she comes back. <laughs> She comes back and, you know, it's the camera's facing behind them. And she's like, all right, Scott, here I am. Get ready. And she's like, Scott, what's going on with you? And she's like, oh, my God, Scott. And he's dead. And then she turns to the camera, screams, and then the scene ends. So Terry's dead. Mm -hmm. By screaming at the cameraman. Yeah, it's like, it's supposed to be one of those scenes where you're like, you're in the killer's perspective kind of thing. So it's like implying that she's killed, you know, type of thing. But yeah, they, I feel like they were like, we already have all the clever deaths like lined up. So you're just gonna like scream and then be dead. Yeah. So anyway, killer is in the campsite right now. Killed, uh... Terry and Jeff, they're dead. Uh, Terry and Scott, they're dead. So, goes upstairs and guess guess what we see? Sandra and Jeff getting all tango tango-y. Sandra mm-hmm. being like, Jeff, let's go. And he's like, let's go. So, they're doing the tango tango. They finish again. And remember when I said, uh, keep the shish kebab in your brain? Mm-hmm. They get shish kebabbed from above. So Jeff is on top of Sandra and she looks up from behind him and she sees the killer holding up a spear and she's like, oh my God. And then he shish kebabs both of them. Damn. Now, I don't know if they had just finished or if this was like, they're just chilling. That guy is literally, uh, Jeff is in heaven and he was Mm -hmm. like, dude, I don't know what happened, but all I know is that that was the best nut I've ever had. (laughs) That like literally all of a sudden I just instantly finished and then like was dead. But that just means, like, it was so good. I was ready to die. <laughs> That's it. Anyway, so they're dead now. Um, oh, uh, totally forgot about this. Someone died before them. It was Crazy Ralph. He um, wanders into the property and literally, like, watches Jeff and Sandra do the tango. And, and then he dies. So out of everyone from the original, the first movie, they're dead. So Alice and Ralph, where we saw them in the first one, done. Mm-hmm. So now we got Terry, Scott, 
Sandra, Jeff, dead. So we're down to two <laughs> already. Um, we got uh, right now. We got who else? Who else? Oh, okay. So we got Mark, and we got Vicky. Vicky, yeah. Mark, uh, Vicky has been flirting with Mark this entire time really wanting some of his uh wheelchair ween mm-hmm. and mark down for it you know he's a sweet guy so she leaves him in the other room to go and get changed to get something a little comfortable and this is where i get mad she changes into a, a nice pair of undies and she's like uh-huh, look at me this girl takes perfume and sprays it in her underwear. This physically hurts me. <laughs> like you might as well just pour acid down your vag. What I think are you it's, doing? It's one of those things where you're like, as a teenager, it's probably like, oh, make it smell nice. Like makes sense. You don't fully understand, especially since it's like the eighties, you don't fully understand like what you're doing kind of thing so i get it but it's just like ah i can feel the chemicals it's terrible corrosive sucks um but while she is you know shoving chemicals up her cooch uh mark is getting mark is like being like hey where where are you fam come on why taking so long so he goes out and um guess what happens machete to the face okay yeah he gets he gets machete to the face um not then killing off the guy in a wheelchair in a wheelchair and then you see this this really bad but really funny scene of him coming backwards down a flight of stairs with a machete in his face oh so bad i'm like guys you really had to drag out his death you could have just ended it there so then vicky goes to see hey what's going on she gets stabbed she comes face to face with the killer and she gets stabbed so she's you're like dang she's not our last girl because obviously she just sprayed perfume on her cooch and it kisses death Second you and do that, you're going to be killed by a killer. Like, do not have any sexual experience at all. If so, you will get killed. If not, you might become the last girl, but that's it. Mm-hmm. So now everyone at this cabin is dead. All these teenagers dead. We still got Paul and Ginny at the bar. And so they decide to come back uh, to check on everyone to see how they're doing. They come back. It's all quiet and dark. And Jenny's like, Paul, I think there's someone in here. And then here comes full-fledged Jason running at Paul with a, a spear and like wrestles him to the ground. And it is so funny, their whole fight scene of just being like, eh, get off of me, killer. And, and Paul is fighting for his life. So then um, basically, I want to say Jason basically just knocks him out because then it's now Ginny and Jason. 
and they're running through the woods. She's going back and forth between the woods, the cabin, the shack. She's going everywhere. It barricading herself, throwing things at him. She comes at him with a friggin' chainsaw, all this stuff. And this boy is not going down. So finally she makes it into the woods. She makes it to his shack and she sees a freaking shrine that he has made in honor of his mother. His mother's severed head is on the shrine and bodies are surrounding the shrine. Mm -hmm. One of the bodies is actually Terry, who we saw scream at the camera, but we still don't know how she died because there's nothing on her. No, no slit throat, no stabbings, no nothing. And the other one is the deputy. And the deputy too is laying there. And we're like, we know how he died, but she's just, you know, her body's just flailed on top of these bodies. And I'm just like, how did you die? I unanswered question. We'll never know, but she's dead. Um, so before Jason can meet up with Jenny at his shack, she sees his mom shepherd head. And one of the things that Jenny had practiced in was co- uh, child psychology. So she kind of it does this quick thing that's actually really smart in in all of these movies she's probably like one of my favorite last girls because she uh-huh. is legit really smart i agree um, so she it's the it's his mountain and then it's uh his mom's severed head and also her sweater that she wore in the last movie so jenny quickly puts on this old ruggy sweater tucks her hair into it so that it looks short and then when Jason meets her, she right away pretends to be his mom. And she's like, I'm talking to you, Jason. Put the machete down. You're not going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And Jason, like in this whole, just like in his mind, this grief, this vengeance, this like his mind is not right and he literally sees her mom and I think it's really cool that they bring Miss Voorhees back um and they actually filmed this scene in her house because she wasn't going to go back fully but it's basically like her face starts to cover up Jenny's and she's like listen to mommy Jason and if you've played the Friday 13th games you know that's what you hear too is her his mom being like kill them all Jason go for it and mm-hmm. so he actually stops and he's just like in awe, like, yes, mother, I won't kill you. The machete's going down. And so Ginny picks up the machete and she got it over her head and she's about to go. But then she moves over and Jason sees his mom and he's like, well, you're not my mom. Mm-hmm. And boom, she tries to do it again. And she's like, God dang it, Jason. But then suddenly Paul's back and Paul comes back and he saves Jenny and um, she was able to get a machete to his shoulder and and they they leave. So they go back to the cabin. Jenny's all crazy. And Paul's like, are you okay, Jenny? And, And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And so they think they hear something at the door, but then it's a dog. So they're like, oh, it's fine. Not fine. Full, fully grown Jason with the bag finally off of his head comes from behind Jenny through a window and grabs her. And just like Alice, she wakes up again in an, ab- in an ambulance. And an ambulance. Like, an ambulance. And she's like, where is he? What's going on? 
And last scene that we got in this movie is just the camera looking at Jason's mom. And we don't know where Paul is and we don't know where Jason is. All we know is Ginny is our last girl and technically Paul is our last guy, but we don't know where he is. So Mm -hmm. can't confirm. But that's the second movie. Yes. And now... I will tie up all of these loose ends for everyone with the third. So the third movie starts at that iconic scene with Jenny of her running into Jason's home, putting on the sweater, all of that. And you get basically that whole scene from the last part of the second one there And you get to see, like, them limp away, and then she gets taken away by ambulance, so she lives, so does the boyfriend. And this movie, now, while it's not very highly rated, I will say, and it was the only movie in the franchise to be in 3D, And it didn't do well. It has a lot of those like cheesy, like, oh, this is meant to be like a 3D moment things in it of like (laughs) things going towards the camera. And so it, it does, it's a little cheesy, but it has charm to it. And so after they escape, then we get basically a whole new batch of people. The story is centered around a group of teenagers and they are staying at this cabin near, huh, who would have thunk it, Camp Crystal Lake. Insert audible eye roll. Uh, Literally. (laughs) This part of it was originally released in 1982 and this is the first and only movie in the series to be released in 3D. Following directly after the events in number two, the teens quickly find out that there's something going on at Camp Crystal Lake. Now, a character that knows this better than any is our main girl. Her name is Chris. Uh, You figure out as the movie goes on that Chris had an experience because she used to live near Camp Crystal Lake. And a guy, like, attacked her, but she was able to escape. And she's like, oh, my God, he was so, like, scary and grotesque and all of that. And now she's coming back to her, like, childhood home with her friends to, like, hang out. And in a way, do, like, therapy of, like, come back here after this scary experience, all of that. And it has this long scene in the beginning of, like these people who own a little store on the way to Camp Crystal Lake where you find out Jason's alive of course he doesn't have his mask anymore and that he ends up killing these two store clerks a man and a woman and one of the things I thought was really funny was the store guy you can tell he's wearing some sort of like big padded thing over his torso that's supposed to make him look fatter than he is because his wife tells him the doctor said you need to lose weight and so you can like see kind of like the straps Mm -hmm. (laughs) i remember that too (laughs) this like padded thing over his torso but they both get killed by jason um 
the guy dies in like a very uneventful way like he just gets like stabbed but the wife she gets a sewing needle shoved from the back of her head through her mouth nice that was cool Mm -hmm. then we get to meet the rest of the characters and the group of friends so we have debbie debbie is pregnant and she is the quote-unquote tits of the friend group she's like the one who you see have sex you see her boob she has the shower scene all of that then there's her boyfriend his name is andy uh he's like the jock and he's like yeah i got her pregnant we gonna fuck some more kind of thing he also weirdly throughout the whole movie just starts doing handstands and like walking around in handstands. Oh my gosh, yes. It's like completely out of place. I think it's supposed to be one of those things that like employs the narrative of him being a jock. Right, like it just, it milks it out. Like, hey, he's a jock, but also handstands. he's a jock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's Shelly. Uh, uh, he's the like prankster, the like designated fat funny friend. And he is roommates with Andy. And Andy and all of them have set him up on a blind date with this girl named Vera. Uh, She's the I wasn't supposed to be there girl. Like she was, she's not part of the friend group. She was invited by the others to go on a date with Shell and all of that. And so, and she's like not interested. She's like a pretty girl and like we like I said, Shell is given the typecast of like the fat funny friend who's like not really funny. He just likes playing impractical jokes on people. Mm-hmm. Then there are my favorite two characters, Chuck and Chili. <laughs> wow. So Chuck and Chili. Chuck is a guy, Chili is a girl. And they are like the stoners. Like, there's a scene where when they're going to pick up Vera, they're like, oh my god, the van's on fire, and they run back, and Chuck and Chili are just in the back with, like, massive bongs, and just smoke is just pouring out of their van. And they're like, really, guys? And they're like, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you do it. Then there is Rick. So Rick lives close to Crystal Lake and has known Chris since they were young. It's interesting because when I was looking up material before rewatching the movie, they described Rick as Chris's boyfriend. But it seems like they were dating and then she moved away. And this is her first time like coming back to see him. But they, I guess, are still considered boyfriend and girlfriend. Either way, their love interests. And he's, like, a very nice guy. He's, like, a good boy. He clearly really likes Chris and wants her Mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. That's cool. There's a group of side characters that are, like, this biker gang. And their leader, his name is Ali. And he plays an important part. So he's the only one I'll bring up. But they get to the cabin. They're like, oh, we're going to swim. Da, 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 da. Shell starts playing impractical jokes on people. Like, he does one where he has, like, this fake axe with blood on it. And he puts it onto his head and scares Chris with it. Then uh, Shell and Vera 
go to the store to get some things. They run into the biker gang. The car gets messed up. They accidentally back into their motorcycles, all of that. Before anybody dies, uh, we see throughout all of this that basically Jason is like stalking the area and he's hiding in their little barn. And that's like his like setup. He's like, I'm just going to chill in this barn. Mm -hmm. And uh, the biker gang shows up, finds them and siphons the gas out of their car because they're like, we're going to get back at them. We're going to take the gas. And their plan, I guess, was to literally burn down their fucking barn. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're like, grab the gas, go to the barn. We'll set it on fire. Don't worry. No one will get hurt. We're just getting revenge kind of thing. And I'm like, are you seven years old? Wow. But the deaths do start rolling in. So at first we see all three of members of the biker gang get attacked. Uh, the girl, she gets impaled with a pitchfork. The guy gets his throat slit and stabbed. And then Ollie gets beaten over the head with a piece of metal. Mm. Then the deaths just keep coming from that point. Um, nice. Rick and Chris have gone back to Chris's place or Rick's place. Mm-hmm. Chris and Rick have at this point gotten in his car and driven back to Rick's place where they're going to like chill and talk and all of that. Of course, Vera and Shell were like talking, but then she doesn't want anything to do with him. So she like, leaves and like is sitting outside she goes like close to they have like a little um dock close to Mm -hmm. the water so she like goes sits on there and shell is like oh she doesn't like me i'm so sad then of course andy and debbie are like we're gonna fuck so there the room they're staying in doesn't have a bed it only has a hammock So they have sex on this hammock and Debbie is like, wow, that was so good. Was it me? Was it you? Was it the hammock? And Andy's like, I'm going to say it was me. And Debbie goes, I think it was the hammock. (laughs) (laughs) Which also something that's weird is that they just like randomly throw in that she's pregnant in the beginning and then it plays absolutely zero significance. Like, I think it's just supposed to make you feel for her more because she's pregnant. But it doesn't serve much to the story. Yeah, and she's not far um, in her pregnancy either. She doesn't have a bump. No, she's not showing at all. Like, she must have just recently found out she was pregnant. Um, Yeah, so it's not like you can use, like, oh, look at this pregnant lady. Like, mm -hmm. she's huge. Oh, no. It's like she found out last week, and then she's just going camping with friends. Well, and also, like, they bring up that she's pregnant, but then also she's, like, thirsty having sex with her boyfriend and you're like seeing her boobs all the time and all of that so it's like you needed to pick one of those to be her typecast she can't be like innocent pregnant girl but then also like the hoe right like one is fine one (laughs) is fine it doesn't make really sense uh so chris and rick are at his place and she's telling him about you know the night she got attacked by this mysterious man all of that chuck and chili are just like stoned out of their minds on a couch like they, <laughs> <I love that. laughs> they are just like high key freaking chilling 
and then the deaths start coming. So mm-hmm. it starts with Andy. Andy, after they have sex, does like a handstand and starts walking around. And then all of a oh sudden, God. Jason is behind him and bisects him with a machete. And he basically. That's how it's done. He like cuts him from like taint to rib cage. Oof. Then he shoves his body like up in a rafter above the hammock in their room. So then when Debbie comes in, she's like, where is he? Ugh, I'm just going to sit on this hammock and read a magazine. Blood starts dripping on the magazine. She looks up. She's like, oh, my God. And like mother, like son, Jason is underneath the hammock and then stabs her through the chest. Boom. Then comes Shell and Vera's death. So Shell dies off camera. Again, this movie, for whatever reason, I guess like they don't have enough budget to like film every single death, but there's off camera deaths for like Shell. Right. Uh, at this point, Shell did another prank where he went under the water with a hockey mask on and grabbed Vera's foot and then came out and she was like, why the fuck do you keep doing stuff like this? And he was like, it's the only thing I know how to do kind of thing. Da, 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 da. Well, then we don't know it. Shell's already dead at this point. And then another guy with a hockey mask, Jason, comes walking mm-hmm. forward and he has a freaking spear gun. And Vera's like, what are you doing? Uh, And then she's like, wait, you're a lot taller and buffer than the last guy. Who are you? And then he just shoots her (laughs) through the eye with a spear gun. Dank. Couldn't even stand a chance. You could have just said no, Jason. You know? Yeah. Turn her down nicely. Not a a spear to the eye. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So then we go to Chuck and Chili. Uh, Chuck goes out to a little outhouse thing to use the bathroom. He starts getting like suspenseful things happening to him. Mm-hmm. Then they realize the lights in the cabin have gone off. So Chuck, of being the man, goes down yeah. into the basement to fix the lights. Jason's there, throws him up against the fuse box. He gets electrocuted to death. Um, a very uneventful death for him. Like, he just kind of gets thrown up against it. And then they're like, oh, my God, I'm being shocked. Dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Next is Chili. Uh, Chili actually opens the door and finds Shell, uh, like, walking, like, half dead towards her. And he has his throat slit. And she's like, mm. at this point, he's been playing these I'm dead, I've been killed pranks on them. So she's like, fuck off, Chili, or fuck off, Shell. I don't care what you're mm-hmm. doing. And then it kind of sets in how real it is. Then she like touches the blood and she's like, oh. And then she pushes him and he just falls over because at that point he died. And she was like, right. oh my God. So then she's like running around. And she's like, Chuck, where are you? Da 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 da. Jason goes downstairs grabs a fiery fire poker out of the fire and just stabs her with it. Ouchie. We're already down to two people, bitches. We're we're down to Chris and Rick. Guy wastes no time. And unfortunately, Rick does not live. 
They get back to the house. They're running around. They're like, oh my God, what's going on? At this point, Jason now has his iconic hockey mask and his iconic machete. Yep. He's running around, do, 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 do. Uh, This uh, movie is also where Jason gets his clothes because he steals clothes from the store people. So now Mm -hmm. this movie sets up basically all of what makes Jason iconic, which is why it's so sad that it's like not very good. Right, because we finally get like what we're used to seeing or we finally get his peak and it just kind of flopped. Yeah, so... They're running around. They're like, oh, my God, what's going on? Da, 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 da. They can't find any of the bodies, but they're like, I don't know what's going on. Like they there is like burnt popcorn on the stove. The lights are off. Well, Rick is like, I'm going to go outside and check. <laughs> and then we get the scene of Chris opens a door and behind the corner that she can't see Jason is holding Rick like mouth closed has his arms around him it's very sensual and Chris is like Rick rank and then she just goes back inside and then Jason undoes his mouth and he's like no no and then just squeezes the side of his head until his eyes pop out and then crushes his skull and then he's dead yeah that gotta be my favorite kill and again, it's one of those moments where, like, all the kills were, like, set up in this way where we're like, oh, these are the 3D moments and his eyes popping out. Like, I was like, ah, I was supposed to have 3D glasses for that. <laughs> oh, I was supposed to feel his eyeballs uh-huh. popping on me. Got it. Got it. So then Vera's like, or sorry, not Vera. She dead. Chris is, you know, running around the house. Da, 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 da. Then... Rick's body gets chucked through the glass and she's like, oh my God, Rick. So then she starts like trying to buckle down. At this point, Jason's in the house chasing her. She does such a good job. She like hits him and like knocks him down. She stabs him mm-hmm. with, she pulls a knife out of, um, she pulls a knife out of Debbie's body and then stabs him with it jumps from the second story then hides behind a door with a piece of wood he comes out of that door she smacks him in the back of the head with the wood runs to the car tries to drive away cars out of gas because those people siphoned it and jason finds her so then he's choking her from outside the car she rolls up the window on him she climbs out she runs back to the barn jason's there she gets in this fight with jason she ends up like hitting him and then uh, tying a rope around him. So he's basically like hanging Mm -hmm. and to get out of it, he has to take off his mask. And when he takes off the mask, Chris realizes that that is the same guy who attacked her those years earlier. And she's Mm like, Oh my God. She starts fighting with Jason. Ali, one of the motorcycle guys isn't dead. So he tries to get in there and save her. She, He's like the villain turned savior guy. But mm-hmm. he doesn't really do a good job. He gets like killed right away. Ooh. So then it's just Chris and Jason. They're fighting. They're going. Do, 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 do. She ends up killing Jason. Um, she hits him in the head with an axe. 
and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, you did it, da 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 da, all of that, and then you know, cops show up, all of that. She, she did it. There was um, a really good scene where she hangs him, um, where it's one of those hunter becomes the hunted things of now you're just seeing Jason like walk around this barn and then she gets the jump on him. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm, Which mm -hmm. is another, you know, trope kind of thing. But yeah, that's that's like the iconic franchise. And of course, you get the spoiler that like Jason isn't dead. Right. And, you know, because we continue on for 13 other movies. Um, but yeah, he this this was Friday the 13th. First three. Um, the only really three that I matter. Yeah, I stopped at the at three. I'm just like, listen, once we got to Jason versus uh, Jason Frank and Hell, Jason yeah, Mecca. Yeah. I'm just like, guys, OK, guys, Freddy versus guys. Jason is good. Mm. I like Freddy versus Jason because it's like a crossover. You're like, oh my god, I get two of like the most iconic villains. It it got moments. I won't. I gotta say, the climax was fun, but you know, in all, it was like, guys, come on, what are we doing? Yeah, but this is the first of hopefully many horror movies and horror icons that we will be covering especially keep an eye out for when October rolls around. We're for sure going to do a ton of horror stuff related to video games, anime, and movies. So be ready for that. Like I said, we have a big project in the works that is you guys are going to hear about at the end of this month, and then we'll start coming out next month. So be ready for that. Be on the lookout, set your calendars. Um, yeah follow us on our social media everything's linked in the bio join the discord server of course leave us a rating a like and a comment about what you liked let us know your favorite horror villain or your favorite movie in the friday the 13th franchise the wrong answer is jason in hell that is the only wrong answer thank you uh yeah sure i'll agree (laughs) 